All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. Now, SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption. But before we get into a great podcast that we have lined up today, I want to give you sort of the intent of the podcast, kind of the why are we here, so to speak. And we're here to work out our trials, our hardships, tribulations in such a way that we can begin to uncover God's plan and trajectory for our lives. But you may be asking yourself, like, like why me, though? Why do I need to listen to SCAR? And the truth is, we all have stuff. We all have hardships, whether big or small, no matter what, that can just start to build up in our lives and almost change the trajectory of our lives if we allow it to. And so it's so important for us to have a place that we can come together and share those losses and share those wins and and, and victories and triumphs and all of that in a safe place. And so that is the story behind SCAR and why you, my friend, need to be listening to SCAR. Now, all of that being said, I have a great guest on the line today, Miss Julia Tucker. Would you please say hello? Hello, hello. Excited to be here with you. It's, uh, it's going to be a good conversation right here. Yes, this is going to be a great conversation. Now, Miss Julia is uh, the next-gen pastor at Transformation Church. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. And so about a year ago, uh, me and Julia had a great conversation. Um, We were standing in a long line at the Orange Conference, um, and we were in line waiting for a food truck. I had We had no idea who all was around us, and we just struck up this conversation about diversity in the church. And do you remember that conversation? I do. I do. I remember that like it was yesterday. And so such a powerful conversation that we ended up having. And so what is this, a year later? Yeah, a year later. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember that. And it was a, I think it was a fruitful one. And this is before. Um, I guess even before the things that we're experiencing now uh, that are, you know, mainstream as it relates to diversity. So, yeah. And and this is such a pivotal moment. And I believe God works, uh, you, you know, in crazy in, 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 in great ways that we don't really understand at the time. And for us to remember that so vividly, uh, I thought it would be a great idea to kind of bring that out on the table. Now in that conversation, um, First of all, for anybody living under a rock, all right, we are having some serious issues in today's society uh, around around race, around diversity. Um, I don't think COVID-19 is helping us at all. People already feel isolated. And then all of this is sort of heating up. Um, not just in the background, but it's now, it's now everywhere. It's all over the news and, and all of that. Um, what, what as far as, what are you seeing in the church? Are you seeing um, any of this uh, playing out in the local church right now? You know, I, I definitely believe that um, this is the combination of church and culture. Uh, so I'm seeing that the church is rising up, 
um, to speak to culture. And I think that that is really uh, a reflection of who Jesus is. You know, when he walked here on earth, he did not ignore what was happening in culture. He responded um, and he, he, was able to give information, impartation, and revelation uh, to people in a way that they could culturally understand it. Mm, you know, <clears throat> when he was talking to the woman at the well, you know, there was a there was a cultural context that he was speaking in, uh, and so I, I believe that that's what we're seeing. Um, many churches that I don't know, for lack of a better. Um, uh, statement they're kind of coming up to the social injustice or the issues uh that are arising that hey we can't we can no longer ignore what's happening in culture but that we really have to address it and we have to educate ourselves yeah we have to educate ourselves so i'm definitely seeing um just the church educating themselves and uh and speaking on uh on this topic so this is not um, something that's new to Transformation Church. Like I said, we were talking about this uh, a year ago. And how important do you think it was for your church to kind of be ahead of all of this that is going on and go ahead and be discussing these roundtable meetings and go ahead and be discussing these issues of, of diversity and the benefits and the hardships and all. You guys were discussing it long before we got to this point. So how vital was that time spent really studying each other, studying cultures and all of that in order to prepare you for what we're seeing today? Or did it prepare you at all? Yeah, I think it definitely prepared us. Um, and I'll say it was, as much as we studied, it was really the intentionality um, to say, hey, we're going to not allow our prejudgments to paralyze us from engaging and connecting with other people that are that don't look like me, that don't like the things that I like, that don't um, <clears throat> want to engage with the things that I may want to like it's it's an opportunity to abandon your personal preference mm. uh, and get to know somebody else like I, I talked to my staff about this and and even P Mikey talks with us on that it's like it, it's it's not about our preferences like if it if it was about our preferences there would be so many different things there would be division is what it would be because everybody would be on their own vision and it's based upon their own preferences and so I think the intentionality that we spent years ago uh, in connecting and engaging uh, with others that are not like us, with even our intentionality with our programming, um, that plays a role into that. <clears throat> and then not backing up, again, off of uh, certain conversations. Like, this isn't the first time that we have seen um, uh, a racial injustice or something like that uh, right. that come about. And even in our city, there's a... Um, uh, an organization called Unite My City that was about unifying churches of uh, of different diversities of a background. It's like, hey, let's unify the body of Christ. Um, and you can take a black church, a white church, an Asian church, anybody who's willing to be a part. And that, that I think that part is important. It's important for us to be intentional about it because when you're not intentional you're passive and people, we naturally gravitate to those that are similar to us, that we have common interests uh, or um, 
our common things look like. Like, there's no doubt that if I walk into a room that is uh, all white, I do feel like I stick out, you know? And the natural gravitation is to go find somebody that has something that you might have something in common with. You know, and so us being intentional about that uh, helped to break down some of those barriers and allowed us to say, you know what, I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone uh, and do things that I wouldn't normally do. And that's what that was something that we were establishing early on in our organization. You know, and that was something that I sensed so early on in our discussion and I sense so early on uh, in just my studies um, of, of what transformation does and, and stands for and all of that. Now you said something, you said we gravitate to people who look like us. And so um, it's, that is so huge. And when you, um, when you plan services, when you do community events, is there an intentionality to make sure that this event, that this program, that this outreach event, is there an intentionality on you guys, on your guys' part to say, hey, how will this benefit everyone, not just one particular class, culture, or, or whatever? How important is it to really pay attention to what you are creating and doing? Yeah, I think um, our vision kind of, uh, not kind of, our vision really sets the groundwork for that. Um, and, and key things that, the, that uh, God spoke to Pastor Mike, you know, we've got our vision of representing God to the loss of bound for transformation in Christ. And there were a couple of things that God told uh, P. Mike that we would be. And one of those things is that we would be multicultural or multi-ethnic. Yes. Um, and so as a result of that, th- that's a component of us being intentional. Uh, one of the other things is that uh, God said that we would be multi-generational. And so, um, and then the other one is multi-campus. And so there's those, those things kind of guide what we're doing. And like I said, people like to gravitate to somebody that they can point like either looks like me or I can find something in common with this individual um, or, or somebody. And so when we talk about from a programming in, I used to be over our, um, our weekend experiences. And so I did that for a few years. And one of the things like when we were doing worship uh, or creating a worship set, uh, we're trying to see like, hey, what are the components that, um, that we need to have in this worship set? Yes. And are we hitting all of those marks? Is there, is, is there music that is just um, that isolates other people out of it? You know, we kind of hit everything in a worship set is what we try to do or a mashup and uh, a mashup of sounds. <clears throat> and then the other thing is who is reflected on there? Who's a, who is reflected on the stage? You know, is there an older person? Is there um, a younger person? Is there um, different diversities? Is there, um, again, is it multi-generational? Is it multi-ethnic? You know, I look at that even in the next gen department of what we're doing, of of looking, hey, are we multi-generational, multi-ethnic? And then there are things where you're, you're having to say, hey, does that cause somebody to not feel like they could be a part? 
Like, have we cre- are we creating such a niche uh, to a particular area that they feel like, oh, they can't fit in or they cannot be a part or they can't receive? And I think that's a part, again, of the, the intentionality that we have in our programming. And so it may be, you may have walked into our arena, you know, when, when services were happening, you may walk into the arena and there is uh, the edge of music that's hip hop. Another time you might hear it's pop. Um, I have not. I have yet to hear a little bit of country. Okay. Um, some of the mainstream there. Um, but what I love, um, I think P. Mike said this um, uh, in a conversation, and I love the way that he said it. You know, you can't put Transformation Church uh, in like, oh, we are this, you know, and that. You know, there is the upper class president of a bank that is in our congregation and it is the single uh, single parent that is living on food stamps and they all come together into one room regardless of their social social economical background and they worship the same god together and you know, and that's, that's so huge to me right there sorry to cut you off i i, I want to pause right there for just a minute because that is um here's what i'm here's what i'm hearing from you, Julia, basically I'm hearing intentionality. You guys are being intentional about not just the message, but the meaning behind the message. You guys are preaching what you're saying and saying, or, or, or you guys are doing what you're preaching and, and vice versa. And, and so to be able to have the, the, the banker over here, the, the, the top dollar man CEO over there, and also have the single mom who's struggling, but she's there and then she's worshiping the same God. Um, it is a beautiful picture of, of diversity. And then when you mix uh, the different cultures and, and all of that in it, and you guys are so, so very intentional about it. And so even down to the weekend services, like, hey, does this music uh, fit all genres? Can, can, do we have a little spice for uh, everybody? And when they come in, do you feel welcome? And so I think that is key is to make our churches to feel welcoming to each and every one of them. It's so important for us to be intentional. And, and that's what I'm seeing from transformation is intentionality. No, it, it absolutely is. And here's the thing, especially in this, um, in this sphere, like we had a predominantly, um, predominantly black uh, church being led by a white pastor. Um, like Bishop Gary was, you know, he was, he's white, white, him and his wife are white, white. And when I say that, it's like, now Bishop has rhythm. So he, he's going to cat, he's going to clap on the ones and twos, right. uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, what even that part of it was so unique because, um, Bishop also has, um, um, three black children you know, that he, that he's raised. Um, and so it, it gave a different, uh, perspective, I think from the beginning and from our history, you know, uh, there's, there's just a lot with that. But even as we got into leading this, this church, um, alongside with pastor Mike and that, you know, that was, that was already something that for my husband and I, where we already had that, 
like being able to be around people of different cultures, uh, of different ethnic backgrounds, of different socioeconomical things, people feel comfortable being around. And uh, that's, again, that's what I love about TC. You know, you're going to catch, you're going to catch it all, but it was the intentionality. And sometimes when you're pioneering in some of those things or or you're setting the standard of that, uh, there are the rough moments. There's rough times. Like I I remember some of those very vividly. Um, And it's a matter of shifting people's, uh, their mindsets uh, and giving vision to, uh, what God is ex- wanting to be expressed here on earth. Uh, and so I believe that that is another component that, um, of why God is, a, uh, is using transformation church, mm-hmm. um, to lead, I would dare say not just churches, but leading organizations yes. to do something different. I was on a, um, call and, um, uh, with, I think it was with, uh, uh, actually, I think it was with P. Mike. And he was talking about um, just one of the the sermons that we recently did uh, through relationship goals that somebody ended up hearing it and uh, and the, the president or somebody at their organization ended up hearing it and basically told their staff, hey, this is a great resource for us to listen to. Mm. Um, you know, and so when I think about that, it's not, this this company it's not just a christian company right. you know they've got they've got a division that deals with uh spirituality or uh well i'll say spirituality but um but now they're it's a resource and so uh i think the intentionality that we've had thus far and we still continue to 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 have like we haven't arrived um and we dare say that we have we definitely have not we definitely have not done that um but we are Trying to be intentional. Yes. And, and so I see that. Um, and I, I wouldn't say, uh, I, I would say you guys are definitely on the map. I'll tell you that. And so, uh, but yes, you're definitely uh, making an impact, not just solely in the church, but that's an amazing story of how you're touching businesses, organizations as well. They want to listen to wisdom. They want to listen to um, to, they want to listen to truth. And, and that's what, uh, TC is bringing to the forefront. Now in saying that, what are some of the barriers, Julia, that you guys have seen with trying to, um, trying to please such a diverse group? What are some of the hardships and barriers that you can think of that, that has been, man, this has just been a lot. (laughs) <laughs> Woo. Um, I think probably the, the, some of the harder components um, of that was opening up people's mind to think with a multi-mindset, you know, because it, it go, there's a component that it just goes against your, um, I'm going to say it goes against maybe what our natural tendencies are, yeah. you know? Um, the one thing that we, we've recently been talking about um, is that it's not just, it's not just what we want to see in our organization, but we want to see this in your household. Mm. We want to see it beyond a Sunday morning. There's a guy out in Oklahoma city, Scott, um, that talked about, um, talked about still, he had a book that he wrote in reference to Sunday being the most segregated um, time. And 
Think, even thinking about that, it's like, what happens beyond Sunday? Like, can we do life together? And I think that that component early on was difficult. It was hard uh, to people to see beyond, uh, see beyond what they were used to and say, for the sake of all people, I'm willing to lay down my preference and my prejudgments. Mm. Can we connect with somebody? Am I, willing, uh, am I willing to ask the awkward questions? Like, I think we, sh- we showed uh, people, like, I think the first one uh, on diversity, he showed a video uh, from uh, a series that we did a few years back. And there's another video that we did where it was a table talk around, it was different individuals around a table, and we asked just questions of uh, somebody who was Indian, somebody who was black, somebody who was white. Um, And it's the questions that, you know, you may think about, but don't want to ask. And I think those are the, those are the components that can be hard uh, and definitely hard early on. I think right now is a season where people have more grace. Uh, If, if you, um, if you encounter the right people, there's more grace for you to ask the questions that are, that are seemingly awkward, you know, so that people don't get offended and all of that. But if you can talk in grace, uh, then somebody is more willing to ask you the question that may, that can be taken with offense. Yes. And uh, I think that's the better. Yes. And I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I remember um, in our conversation a year ago, I remember you actually talked about that roundtable um, discussion, and that actually sparked something in me. Um, uh, a few weeks ago, we actually had a roundtable discussion with um, all walks of life, the mayor, the chief of police, the, um, um, uh, the, the sheriffs, and a couple of diverse pastors from different churches, uh, and myself moderating it. And we had some great, great discussion on just um, uh, being able to openly ask the questions that need, and there's a part two coming. We're we're gonna meet again, and so uh, it was just it was great to just say why, what's holding you back from worshiping with me, and so those those are the hard hard questions that we know the elephants in the room, but we don't want to address that. But it is so important, and so. Uh, just that discussion alone kind of kind of helped spark the 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 way for me uh, uh, down here to just be yeah. like, hey guys, we have to um, we have to ask these discuss or ask these questions. I need to know like what is your issue with me, and I'll tell you mine with you. And nine times out of ten, it boils down to just simply a misunderstanding and not really. Um, realizing that we have so much in common, even inside of our differences. Oh, most definitely. I think um, it, it's, man, it, it is, it's an opportunity to gain understanding, you know, um, it's an understanding, it's opportunity to see uh, it from somebody else's perspective. Um, it's, gaining more knowledge, you know, um, and being able to interact with uh, people from different walks of life. You know, I remember not too long ago, I was coming off of the highway and there was, um, somebody homeless that was holding up a a sign 
And now I could have chose to, to just keep my window up and keep rolling, you know, and all of mm-hmm. that. But I, I made an intentional effort to ask them what's their story. And there was a part of me, like, of course, I'm going through all the thoughts in my head, like, okay, I don't want this person to kind of come at me or, you know, from a safety standpoint. But, <clears throat> but I opened up and allowed myself to just empathize with them you know, to hear what their story was, to find out a little bit about them and allow, uh, allow an opportunity for me to pray for them beyond the moment that I saw them there. Like I could pray some specific prayers because I understood his story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a component behind, behind what we're doing, you know, is, Hey, can we, can we, when we're, when we're having dialogue, those healthy dialogues is, Hey, we want to disassemble what your prejudgments are. Cause we all have them. Mm-hmm. Everybody yes. has, you know, and it, it may not even be that I have necessarily the issue, but it's just something that I don't understand. And sometimes when there's things that we don't understand, we have a tendency to stay distant from that. Yes. You know, with, so, with in, inside of, of staying distant, um, how, how important is it to know that, you, you know, this is what heaven looks like, guys. Like, like we are we are going to a very um, um, diverse and, and beautiful place. So we've got to get over uh, and, and it sounds so easy. Just get over it. But but we have to move forward we can't go backwards. And so we have to recognize, and you are so, so insightful. We have to find out your story. And, and that let, that does a couple of things that lets you know that you matter to me. And that lets me know, uh, that, that, that kind of internal, that, that background of, of why, uh, you may feel the way that you do. And it's just, it's just very important knowledge for us to learn more about each other. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And then it gives us, <clears throat> I think it gives us an opportunity to really do life together. Yeah. Like yeah. here on earth, like beyond, um, obviously where <laughs> the day is going to come where we enter into the kingdom, but before then we're here on earth you know, and if he desired and designed us for, for us to be in community, then let's really be in community with one another uh, and, and see God's expression here on earth. It just requires us to back down uh, our, excuse me, it, it requires us not to allow our prejudgments to paralyze us. Man, that is so big, Julia. And, and so here's what, you, you know, we always want to look at the hardships, why it's so hard and, and, um, and why you don't want to hang out with me and all of these different things. But can, let's shift it to the positive. What are the benefits of doing this, Julia? What are you seeing as far as what is the power of the church when we can set aside those differences, man? And we can walk in unity, man. Um, where where <laughs> the the scripture says it, where there is unity, there's a commanded blessing. Yes. And so when we see that, I think honestly, I think that as a church, when we unify around this, and when we really become unified as a whole, really we become uh, we become so impactful to the culture. 
because we're setting the standard for the culture and it's no longer the reverse. Like sometimes what happens is culture sets the standard or what the trend is. But when we become unified, then we set the tone and the standard. Like it's a, while this is a sad part of COVID that there are lives lost and we would not have that. What an opportunity God is setting up for the church to be unified together in the midst of everything that's going on to have a voice that is his voice and his expression here on earth that gives his story of love, his story of reconciliation, his story that says, I don't care if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Indian, West Indian, whatever Mm. that is, like, I am a God of all cultures, but I'm a God who loves and restores and redeems. And when we, when we state his voice, sing out his, uh, what he wants to say, then there is a world out there that will experience his grace, that would experience his love. I was reading, I think it's um, Mark, uh, I think it's Mark 16. Mm-hmm. Actually, I probably have it in a note over here. I think it was Mark 16. And it just talks about preaching, um, you know, preaching the gospel. Yeah. Uh, Like, let's go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What happens when the church gets unified is that we begin to preach, which is where we're stating, we're declaring, and we're announcing a message of God. Yes. And so instead of there being like, okay, there's this or there's that, it's like, no, we're speaking the same language and really we're, yeah, we're speaking the same language, but we're speaking the voice of God and declaring the voice of God in a place that is desperate and that needs him and his love. Amen. And so I, I, I feel, I feel like COVID has definitely shined a light on that. Because there are, I heard a statistic um, on a podcast recently that there was a 59% increase of people attending church. Mm. Like, it, it's because they're looking for hope, whether that be for COVID or whether that because, be because of the injustice. They're, they're, they're looking for hope and we are the hope dealers. Yes, and yes. It doesn't matter whether they go to your church or my church if we're speaking the same language because we're not in competition with one another. We're the capital C church, the big church, which is the kingdom of God. And if that is the case and we're in unity and we're standing in unity, hey, my church may not be your cup of tea, but the church down the street may be. We give you the resource. It's fine that you go over there. We love them. We care about them. We partner with them. And I think that's 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 the side. Like we're not competing with each other. That's right. And, and, and here's... And, Here's the problem that I'm seeing in in church today. I'm seeing each church wanting to join in on their own island. And I'm wanting to see uh, the churches say, you know, um, uh, I don't want to partner with you out of fear. You're going to take my people uh, and, and vice versa. If we do a joint collab, if we work in the community, if we do these different things, uh, we're going to have to do it on my campus. We're going to have to do things my way. And so, um, I, what I'm hearing here is there is so much powerful or there's so much power in dropping the barriers in in dropping all of the labels, dropping all of the identities and fall under one identity. And that's under Jesus Christ. I have a verse here in Galatians three, verse 28. And I want you to tell me, what does this verse say to you? What, what, I want you to speak a little bit into this verse. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since you are all one 
in Christ Jesus. It says it all. We are, we are all one. And that is, I believe that that is the picture of unity. Mm. Like it, it is a, it is Christ's filter to not see the things that separate us, the things that make us different, because I believe that he gave us our, our unique designs, uh, but we are, we are followers and believers of Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, if I am reflected in his image, if we are no longer just associating myself as a, a uh, I'm black or I'm white or I'm woman, I'm this, I'm that, but no, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, I will reflect and illuminate and, and speak and be under the one. I will speak his message before I speak my own message. Amen. I'm going to proclaim what he says and not my own, not my own agenda. Yes. Um, yeah. Julia, what, what do you say to the person right now that's on the fence? That's not sure about the whole injustice thing. That's not sure about opening up his home, her home. That's not sure about getting involved in the lives of people that don't look like you or me. Um, what, what kind of advice, what would you, what would you say to that person to kind of help them uh, jump on the train, so to speak, and see that, that, that there's, there's, there's only a limited time in this life and, and we need to live unified because there's so much more impact we could have being unified versus standing alone. I think, you know, one of the things we talked about this as, um, as a church is to take a risk. Um, and probably one of the first steps is maybe you're, maybe you're not ready or prepared to invite somebody into your home, uh, but you can take somebody out for a cup of coffee uh, and, and develop a relationship. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to care about something you're not connected to. And so it's important to take time to get to know the people who aren't like you. Mm. That, that is the, the first step I would tell somebody to take, go for a cup of coffee. Sonics are all over the world. So maybe, yeah. it, maybe it's Sonic. Maybe you get on a zoom call. Maybe you, um, you step out of your comfort zone and you do some type of a FaceTime meeting with somebody that's unlike you and you, you set it up and you go in, not trying to, um, not trying to justify anything, but to learn. Yes. I think that's the first and foremost is to learn. I, I went to ORU <clears throat> and one of the one of the most amazing things about going to ORU is the variety of cultures. Uh and I I realized that probably in my first year. And I had so many opportunities to talk with Croatians, Brazilians, Jamaicans, Africans, Bulgarians, um, and just to get to know, like, what about their culture? What about their country? You know, mm -hmm. and it it opened up my mind, and I think it was even preparation for what I'm doing now. Like, we're mm -hmm. we're able to impact the world um, and not do it in our own small bubble, you know, of being an American. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I think taking the risk um, 
and building relationship with with someone. Uh, and then I think the, the other side is if if you um, if you're in an area where there are people, uh, I, I know there's certain cities or states where it's predominantly uh, one particular race. You know, there are resources that are available. There's iTunes did. Um, I don't know if they still have that, but they had a bunch of resources that were available um, to help people just get get educated, you know, uh, to help them in their perspective, you know, talking to, uh, I think there's some learning resources. Uh, let's talk about race. Um, there are some, uh, uh, curated playlists from Ted's, uh, Ted talks. Yeah. Um, there are, um, books that people can read. Um, and there are children's books. Cause I think it is important that we, we do talk with our kids, uh, about that. Uh, I think it's a, it's definitely vital and important that we do that. But uh, again, the first step is, man, <laughs> get into a place where you can open the door to start the dialogue. Beautiful. And Beautiful. Approach it from a standpoint of, I'm here to learn and, and gain insight. And that is, that is the million dollar point right there. We need to get into a place where we are willing to learn and get over the fact that we don't know everything. Every bit of knowledge that's been passed down generation to generation is not a hundred percent accurate. And so there are some different sides of the story uh, that we need to be talking and that, that, that we need to be willing to learn. Yes. So yeah. in, in saying that, uh, I want to tell you that, that I have thoroughly, thoroughly um, enjoyed having you uh, on here. I think that, that we have uh, begin, begun to hopefully turn that tide of someone who may be listening to this and saying, I don't know if there's hope. I don't know if this is ever going to happen. I don't know if it's possible. Um, you guys are modeling it and, and it is uh, very possible. Now, um, that hope that you mentioned, you're seeing 59% of people coming back to the church. Um, mm -hmm. that, that hope that you're talking about, can you put it in words of exactly what that hope is? I think it's the hope to see really God's heart um, expressed here on earth. Um, you know, his desire is to see us living in a, an abundant life, you know, living, um, living in unity with one another, um, doing life together in such a way that it is undeniable of who our God is. Yeah. Um, and if he's the hope of the world, and all, all, and he died and rose again, and all power is in his hand. If he is for me, then who can be against me? If if our God is for us, who can be against us? Mm. There, it's not to say that we won't face certain things. I mean, that's what we have in this natural world. But there's a difference when I have 
Jesus in my heart. I can, there's things that I can endure. There are prayers that I can pray that he's not afraid of the fact that I'm praying them. Uh, and, and he'll speak into them. He'll give me peace. He'll give me comfort. Uh, and I believe that that's what uh, our world is needing peace. It's needing comfort. It's needing to say it's okay to not be okay because the one who is okay is willing to step into your situation and to be your guide and to be your comfort and to, um, to love on you, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I believe, I believe if I could put that in, all out there, I believe that that's an element of, uh, of the hope that Jesus brings. That's the, the gospel, the good news, you so, know, this redemptive story. You just, you just nailed it right there. And, and so I think that's such a strong, powerful uh, word to end on. And I want to go back and I want to reiterate a couple things. Uh, intentionality is so important. Asking the, the, who is this for? Who is this speaking to? Who is this, um, who is this helping in their, in their walk? Uh, asking those tough questions, having those roundtable meetings, having those discussions that, that are allowing us to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, and realizing that we naturally gravitate to people who look like us. So we have to be so intentional about stopping that or recognizing we're doing that and turn around and back up. And then we need to realize that hope can be found in the name of Jesus and Jesus alone. And there's power to bring that hope when we unify and when we stand on the foundations that, that we were originally intended to walk in. And so it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing what you guys are doing. And I want to thank you so very much for taking the time out to be on SCAR. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I'll say this, this one last line because intentionality is big, but um, uh, being intentional uh, doesn't just happen. Yes. Like, uh, or excuse me, being diverse doesn't just happen. Living a life that is diverse doesn't happen on accident. It's being intentional with those that you surround yourself with. And so um, it's not a passive, but it's an action that we have to do. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. Strong word again. So great connecting with, with you again. If you will hang on just a minute. Uh, as for our listeners, this was another great episode of SCAR. And for our listeners, we will see you in the next couple of days.